0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. In John chapter 15, Jesus is teaching us how we can all live a life that counts for all eternity. The key is to be an abiding Christian which is the theme of our current series. Yet to get to that place, there is a certain truth Jesus needed to teach all of his followers, and that truth is this. We cannot do it without Jesus. For sure, Jesus can do it without us, but he's chosen not to. Instead, Jesus wants to help and empower every one of us for what he has planned for us. Yes, friend, that includes you. To learn more about Christ's plan for you, let's join Pastor Jim in part two of his message, Living a Fruitful Life.
1: There's also sometimes... People are just really uptight, and they're so afraid of making a mistake that they become paralyzed. A lot of times when that happens, I will say to people, especially to preachers, when, they, when they, you know, they're just super hyper-nervous beforehand and they're super hyper-critical of themselves afterwards, I'll just say this, are you here to serve, or are you here to impress? You see, if you're here to serve, then that's what you do. You serve. It doesn't mean you're a slacker, but you serve. But if you're trying to impress, I mean, to be honest with you, most people probably won't be that impressed. You probably won't be that impressed. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, if I do something wrong, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get yelled at. Probably not. Probably not. And if you do get in trouble, and if you, if you did your best, and you do get in trouble, and you do get yelled at, let me give you two words that have carried me so well for so many years in business and so many years in the ministry. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. See, you could say that our part is to abide and to do our best to work hard And to leave the results up to God. But notice I said we work hard. We are not completely passive. I find even in a lot of Christian books, there's there's this sense of how God's going to do the work through you, and people come away with the idea that means that we're passive in the process. So if if God is going to do work through you today and you just sit and watch TV all day, then you've been passive about it. Now, some people only work. Work, 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 work. But they don't abide. Some people only abide, but they don't do any work. See, what we want to do is we want to have the right combination of this let's call it grace-motivated abiding because of my relationship with Jesus by putting my trust in him for what he's done for me in his perfect life and cross and resurrection. And because of that, I'm, I'm motivated by that grace, by what, how he's forgiven me of my sins, and that causes me to want to abide in him. But at the same time, there's a great, that produces a grace-motivated effort to not be passive, but to roll up my sleeves and get to work. If you don't have both, most people do experience somewhat of an emptiness of the Christian life, or others around you experience the emptiness of your Christian life. See, the abiding life not only increases your love for God, but the abiding life also increases your love for people. An unselfish love that loves to serve others. Too often, people get absorbed in their relationship with Jesus. It's all about me and my relationship with Jesus. And you notice a lot of those people, that's when they talk about that, a lot of them tend to be very selfish. They don't really wanna serve others, they don't really wanna help others, they're usually not generous, and they're very much inward-looking. Everything is all about them. Somebody looks at them the wrong way, and they're so insulted. Instead of thinking, well, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they have a headache. Maybe they got a lot on their mind, and, you know, they just didn't notice anybody they were walking on. You know, Sometimes people say to me, like, well, can you talk for a few minutes in the hallway? And I'm like, I can't. I have to be up on the stage in 30 seconds. Like, oh, oh, no, that's, that's not what it is. I have to be up on the stage in, in, in 30 seconds. But, but watch Jesus. That is not the kind of life that he lived. Jesus lived a fruitful life because Jesus loved, Jesus served, and Jesus saved people. He spent time with God. He was alone with God a lot. They couldn't find him a lot of times. Where is he? He must be off praying again. He's, he's abiding with his father But that then had an outward expression in his love for people. So much so that Jesus even gave up his own life for it, dying on the cross for people who really didn't care that much about him. So others could find salvation, the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and they could find rest. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to live a fruitful life. Well, if you really want to, Jesus, who's such a great teacher, he, I mean, he just lays it right out. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's, like, he's not like, what's he trying to say? Look at what he says at the end of verse 15. For without me, you can do nothing. Hmm, what's he mean? For a lot of times we say that word means because, because without me, or some verses say, apart from me, you can do nothing. Another verse says, you can do nothing without me. I call this the pastor's prayer, or at least Pastor Jim's prayer, realizing that unless God blesses his word combined with the work he's given me to do, it will be of little effect. Some of you know that most mornings I read through my outline. As much as anything, I'm looking down at the clock because I, could, I, I don't talk for too long, but I read through my outline, and, and, and it usually takes me about three minutes. And, and, the, and the devil says to me, well, another three to five minute sermon there, Pastor Jim. And I go, well, at least the people will be happy. They got out of church early. So I'm depending on God to bring his message to his people. Because I know, without him, I can do nothing of eternal spiritual significance. Jesus is clear for you and I, no matter how enthusiastic we are, and I'm not saying it's not good to be enthusiastic and joyful, but no matter how enthusiastic we are, or hyper-spiritual we are, faithfulness... From heaven's point of view, depends upon embracing Jesus, abiding in him, knowing that without him I can do nothing. Now, let's please get this straight. That does not mean that there is not a lot of good that gets done in our world. If we're going around and we're telling people that no good is done in our world, We're going to sound like a bunch, you know, a complete bunch of fools. Let me give you a a, a really tremendous example. There has been an unprecedented, I hate to use that word, but an unprecedented amount of people worldwide that have come out of poverty in this century. It's really been amazing. We, we see the people that are struggling on the news, and, I, and that's a sad thing. But a lot of people in a lot of places have come out of poverty. That's a good thing. However, that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Romans 14, 23, the Apostle Paul says this, if something is not from faith, it's sin. What, what, what does that mean? You see, if it's not done in faith our good works are of no eternal value in the kingdom of god we said before that that when you do good works and you're not in christ it counts for nothing in heaven but when you are in christ you will be rewarded for that we'll talk about more about that in a second so it's really important when we talk about abiding in christ some of us we tend to really Uh, depend on Jesus in the big decisions of life. Others of us only in the little decisions. We think, I got this, I got that. But, But what happens is the tendency is to leave Jesus out of things. Just as a life connected to Jesus has life flowing out of it, a life that is not connected to Jesus does not have the life of Jesus flowing out of them. And you're just a stick. And that can happen to a Christian. We can can be abiding, and then we can not be abiding. Jesus is teaching us here that a life lived in isolation from the vine makes spiritual fruit, makes spiritual achievement absolutely impossible. It's sort of the opposite of that, that very popular verse, Philippians 4.13, that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not that you can do anything. You know, I've told you before, you know, I, I want to be in the National Football League. Not going to happen unless I want to buy a ticket and go to a game, but even now I can't do that. But, but I can do all things. I can do what God has given me to do through Christ who strengthens me. But without him, I can't do it. What's important to note is this. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, without you, I can't do anything. Jesus said to us, hey, guys, without me, you can do nothing. I wonder if one of the apostles raised their hand and said, does that mean that Without us, you can't do anything, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, I didn't say that. God doesn't need us. And I don't mean to be insulting, but let's be honest. God doesn't need us, and he could do a lot better without us, couldn't he? But in his love, he involves us in his work. And not only that, as we just said before, he eternally rewards us. I've said this so many times, and I'd never get tired of hearing it myself. This is the most wonderful offer of the Christian life you could ever imagine. That God says, if you put your trust in my son, Jesus Christ, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for your sins, rose from the dead, I will forgive all of your sins, and I will reward you for all of the good things you do, in my name now if you're a person of reasonable intelligence let me just ask you this where are you going to get a better deal than that that's like the deal of the of the century it's a wonderful thing but also by practically involving us jesus helps us to see our need to abide because if we don't abide <laughs> then what happens? The Lord needs to start pruning us of our pride and our self-centeredness. Now, I want to just talk for a second, just a little bit of a second up on top of the soapbox, so bear, that, bear me with that. This is something that concerns me about the social justice church. There's a lot of churches that circle, they're, they're, they center themselves on doing good deeds for the community. That's the main thing that they're about. You, you meet them and you say, well, what's going on at your church? And, oh, we're doing this and we're doing that. It's, you almost never, it's never really about Christ and what he is doing. You see, why am I concerned? Because you don't need Jesus. You don't need the Holy Spirit to do nice things for people. And that's one, of the, that's one of the big problems. I mean, good works is really a form of religion, whether it's done in the church context or any other context. It, it, it's thinking that, oh, well, I do good things. You know, good people go to heaven. That, that's boasting in yourselves. Ephesians 2 says that's not why you go to heaven. You see, this is what happens a lot of times in a lot of places. It's easy to, to parade what we're doing and then tag Jesus onto it but honestly loved ones that's a severed branch that's a good works stick that is eating the fruit of good works and bearing testimony of yourself when Jesus says without me you can do nothing so if it's just doing nice things for the sake of being nice that's okay But I don't know that we call that Christian. A lot of people, they they give stuff to people, but they're like, oh, we're handing out granola bars and stuff like that. But, But they're not telling people about Jesus. The truth of the matter is simply this. We need the work of the Holy Spirit to move mountains in people's lives. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to abide in Jesus to see people move from their dependence on themselves to Jesus. To see them move from where they are now to beginning eternal life and to end up in heaven. Now, loved ones, please, I know it is so easy to give up when you don't see results, But for the person who is abiding in Jesus, the abiding follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives strength for Jesus' work. And that's what's key. It's his work. It's his work. Did he feed people? He did, but not without the gospel. Did he heal people? He did. But he told people to follow him. You see, this is very important, that it is his work. And it's actually very freeing and empowering when we realize this and we notice that Christ himself is the one that is helping us to move forward. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, 2 Corinthians 4-7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels some of your versions say jars of clay. So what do you think? We're fragile. That the excellence of the power or the all surpassing power may be of or from God and not us. So what is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, listen, my focus is not on my abilities. My focus is on God's power. And what did that do? When your your focus is on God's power it's not on what it's not on your weaknesses it's not on your fear and that helped him that will help all of us to move forward in what i would call humble boldness now you say humble boldness those are those are two words that people don't normally put together yes But why is it humble? Because it's Jesus' power, not mine. Why does it make me bold? Because it's the call of Christ to go forth in his power, not mine. Verse 6. Verse 6 is a very, very difficult verse. Very, very difficult. If anyone does not abide in me, and and (laughs) it's caused so many different arguments among Bible geeks, so we'll see what we can do with it. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out, some versions say thrown away, as a branch and is withered, and they, who are they? Probably we learned in Matthew's gospel it's the angels, but it's okay. They gather them and throw them into the fire, symbol of judgment, and they are burned. There is tons of debate over what Jesus is saying here. Is he talking about followers of Jesus? Is he talking about fake Christians? Is he talking about unbelieving people? Is he talking about good works without abiding? Now, the apostles, it's always good to put yourself in the place of the original hearers. The original hearers probably understood this imagery to be from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 15, when the, when the nation was exiled into Babylon. because And the Babylonians came and they destroyed the temple and they exported them or exiled them. Now, in Babylon, they were no longer attached to the land. A big part of being a Jew was your attachment to the land. They were were no longer attached to the temple. The temple was destroyed. They were in another place. So in that moment, being in a foreign land, being captive, if you will, they had to, like we have to now, ultimately be dependent and attached to God. Nothing else. Maybe I'm stretching it a little too far, but it reminds me of lockdowns. When lockdowns, we can't necessarily live our lives the same way, and is it possible that God is putting us in a position where we need to be more attached to Him? So this is a tough verse. Remember, when we come to tough verses, rather than try and get all heady about the stuff, let's focus on what is clear and obvious, and then maybe the Other stuff becomes obvious, or maybe it doesn't. Let's start with what he says here. He says that this this branch, okay, if you don't abide, you will be cast out, withered, and thrown into the fire. Again, remember, fire, symbolic of judgment. All right, so let's just stop right here. No matter what this verse means... Let me, let me ask you this question. No matter what it means, this is the outcome. Is this what you want? So, when I read the outcome of not abiding, regardless of who he's talking about, it just makes me want to abide. I mean, look at the words. Cast out, withered, thrown into the fire, it certainly makes me want to be aware of times in my life when I'm living distant from God. I don't want to be distant from God because I don't want to be those things. Also makes me aware of times when I am disobedient to God. I don't want to be disobedient to God because I don't want to be those things. So what, what's the debate? Some say this verse is about people who lose their salvation. Others say it's about those who never had it, that it's about people who never had it. A third view says that it's really about some of the works that Christians do that are not that come not out of that don't come out of abiding. Now, I'm going to be totally contrarian here and say this. I think that perhaps it's possible that this verse is not trying to answer that question. (laughs) I think that Jesus is just trying to spur us on to the two words that keep popping up all through chapter 15, abiding and fruitful. Let me give you an example. Many of you are in management on your jobs, and you know That you may have people on your team or people that are working for you or under you, and you know, or even over you, could be your boss, that, that some employees are not bearing the fruit that the company wants. And you've tried, and you've tried, and you've tried, and the company makes the decision that you need to move on without them. Why? Well, there's many reasons for it. A lot of people are not about what they can do for the company. They're about what's the company doing for me. You, whenever you're doing a job interview, and the first sentence uh, out of somebody's job is, uh, "To somebody's mouth is, what's the salary and the benefits?" <laughs> it's like that's probably, you're probably not going to get the job. So if that's your first question, if the boss, if you're on an interview and they say, "Do you have any questions for me?" Don't make, don't let that be your first question, because a lot of people, when it comes to their Vocation, their job, it's about themselves. Another problem that happens with people is a lot of times people uh, wither away. If you will, the fire of excitement that they began with dies out. For years, one of our large clients at, our, at my company was uh, people would come in and they would come in on fire and the morale there was not very good and we would say how long till they lose the fire and usually it would take anywhere from three to six months and they become they join the the ranks of the complainers anybody can complain complainers are a dime a dozen
0: Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.